Good morning, everyone. Um, this morning we'll uh, begin with um, drawing from the instructions from the foundations of mindfulness um, as a, as a um, grounding and core practice, uh, remembering that uh, the Buddha um, connected the, this word mindfulness, sati, to remember to be here with the term sampajanya, which means mindfulness and wise reflection. Uh, so to contemplate or to be with our experience, not just in a technical way, not uh, just mindfulness as a sort of uh, being a technician um, clinician in that way, although that that is one dimension, but uh, in a sort of more global, receptive way to our experience, as uh, as implied within this practice, is an aspect of receptivity to our experience, and in particular the experience of what we're with directly here and now, rather than the imaginations and proliferations and projections of the mind, which, as we all know, are pretty complex and um, sometimes very pressing and, and um, shaping of our experience. Uh, there's this cognitive frame within which we live, which is constructed through our thinking and our memories and our anxieties and um, the way that we, from that, momentum or our aims and ambitions we project into our experience here and now. So all of that tends to drive us on, but in this practice of stopping, um, releasing from that momentum, that karma that's created within the mind, we start to, in a way, unhook from that to re-establish a different um, uh, orientation within our experience, and this orientation we can call mindful, reflective awareness. So in the the teaching that's most um, popular or most renowned or um, that um, encapsulates this practice, that's called the Satipatthana, or the Foundations of Mindfulness, um, the Buddha begins... um, where he addresses his disciples, saying, this is this practice, this is the, what he calls, ekayana maga, which means often translated as the direct path. Eka also means one. Uh, so it could also be translated, perhaps, as uh, the path to unification, uh, the path to wholeness, the path to healing. Uh, this is the direct path for, and then uh, why is this path laid out? And then he gives reasons as to why this path is laid out, this practice is laid out. It is for the purification of beings. So this path is, this way is uh, to purify uh, this body, mind, and heart from erroneous, um, distorted, um, painful processes that aren't actually in alignment with reality with our best interest even, just sort of learnt patterns, um, conditioned patterns, um, deep um, pains and wounds that we carry within the body. So for the purification of that, um, 
for the overcoming of dukkha, for the overcoming of unnecessary suffering. We don't need to just blindly and heedlessly suffer. There is suffering. And we all carry uh, suffering for various reasons. But some of that suffering is is unnecessarily perpetuated through our reactivity and through our misrelationship and overly personifying the suffering, taking it into ourselves and and, um, creating a sense of self out of the suffering. So to be able to have a clear relationship with this very natural experience of dukkha and a relationship that helps to transform that dukkha from one where we suffer unconsciously to conscious working with the dukkha for the sake of the growth of awakening of compassion and wisdom, which of which dukkha is a necessary part. So one, for the purification of all beings. This practice is two, for the overcoming of dukkha. Three, for the attaining of the true way. Um, and this isn't the way of some belief system. You know, you know, I'm a Buddhist now, and I have the right beliefs in place. This is the, this is an analogy for what's called entering the stream, for the true way of being in the way of the Dharma, of reality, directly, directly self-empowered knowing of truth, of Dharma, uh, of this deeper intelligence that operates within and through us as we start to clear um, and purify from these distortions and sufferings that are necessary, actually. And then we begin to hear a different um, orientation, uh, sometimes maybe called intuitive wisdom, for the attaining of that, for the alignment with that. So we know the Dharma directly, and lastly, for the realization of Nibbana, or the Amata Dharma, the deathless. Uh, This uh, we'll explore as we go on in the retreat, but this is the most profound and subtle aspect of the teaching, for the realization of true freedom, of direct peace, of direct, uh, as the Buddha called it, the in the world of change, there is that which is changeless, which is deathless, which is untouched by the dukkha, which is uh, we're able to realize and to know directly and to integrate that and bring that into our lives. So this is, the, this is why the Buddha taught this path of mindfulness. Um, and then he related to the actual practice Um, There are four foundations of mindfulness. This is from the text. What are these four? Here, disciples, a disciple abides contemplating. This is the first foundation, body as body. Second foundation, feelings as feelings. Third foundation, mind as mind. And fourth foundation, mind objects or phenomena as phenomena. So this is the basic template and we'll unfold this as the retreat goes on. Basically, this is saying being present to the totality of our experience. Everything that we can experience falls within these four um, spheres um, of the four foundations. For today, and for the sake of just starting in a very simple and direct and um, accessible way, we begin with this first foundation where the Buddha encourages us to contemplate in this way, um, in a particular kind of way. He uses the word atapi, which means to 
um, be um, present in a in a way that has um, that is interested, that is sort of has a sort of sense of um, almost passion in it, um, enthusiasm in it, to be interested in our experience, rather than often we just say, oh, it's just here I am again, just me in this you know usual way. This is my body. And, you know, it's painful or it's this or it's that or I'm not very conscious of it. But in a way, it's like trying to move out of those assumptions that we make to be really interested in how is it now? What's present for us now? So this is, again, this open beginner's mind that we return to again and again to come into relationship with our experience. And in in doing that, there's also the encouragement. So it's arriving into our experience with this this atapi, this sort of mind fully aware, uh, with a sense of um, dedication, ardor. Sometimes it's translated as or commitment to being here as fully as we can. While at the same time, the practice is we're encouraged to to put away this word viveka, to put away the um, covetousness, grief, hankering, longing and disappointment for the world. So often we unconsciously carry uh, within us um, and we sort of filter our experience through the, the grief that we experience for the loss, the losses that we've had. And sometimes some of those losses are very, are very terrible, they're, they're not easy to bear with. Um, or for the, the, the grief for the world. You know, we, we know we live in a world that's very, very difficult. It always has been, but it's particularly intense in the times we live in, and there can be much grief around that. Um, or for the longing, the longings that we have, the longings for perhaps things to be resolved or healed or different than they actually are. And this we also carry um, the covetousness, things that we would like to have, or that we want, and that we haven't that we haven't had yet, um, or for the uh, disappointments, the ways that we're disappointed about others, about family, about what's happened for us, opportunities lost, and so on. All of this that can really sort of gnaw away at us and undermine our sense of well-being and agency and capacity. So, in a way, the training, this viveka, is to, to sort of move the mind from those spheres, dwelling in those spheres, longing, grief, hankering, disappointment, and how it could be. Recognizing those patterns have, have momentum, have a certain energy in them, a certain power, but moving the, our attention away from that to place our attention like in the training of the first foundation which we'll be developing today, to come directly to body and breath. So this we, we know about, for many of us, it's like, oh yes, this, you know, I heard all of that. <laughs> but this is the foundational practice. This is the practice that is really actually very beautiful because it's very accessible for us. It's not like we have to go to some special far-out place imagined subtle realm somewhere but we're being asked to come to the the place that's with us all the time this 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 extraordinary body of ours that we take so much for granted that we sort of haul around after this speedy mind 
until it gives us a bit of trouble and we have to sort of slow down. Um, but this body that we, we project onto our body and others project onto it, all sorts of assumptions and views and ideas. But uh, often we live th- in our body through our projections and through those assumptions, but not really in a direct relationship and experience of the body. And this body is extraordinary because it's the result of millions, millions of years actually of evolutionary process. If you could think of it as, uh, in that way from stardust through all the memory of this uh, journey on this earth that we, that is carried at very unconscious but deep levels within us, within ourselves, through our ancestors, um, through all that's been learnt. All of this is carried within the body. Uh, this is our connection with this earth plane. So coming into relationship with this extraordinary even if there's pain, and for some of us there's, there's um, pain carried in the body, but we can still be with that, um, in relationship to that, in ways that are kinder, uh, more open, more gentle, more aware, and allowing, as I said last night, for the awareness itself to, to do what it does best, which is to heal and to reconfigure um, the patternings into more healing and whole, whole sense of being. So our task is very simple today, and I'll guide us in a minute in the meditation around this. Our task is really to come into relationship to the body, and we do this as is encouraged in this first foundation, um, as, the, as the Buddha says, to come to a place, to be in a place, forest, root of a tree, so on. This is our forest here. This is our root of the tree. This is our viveka, our place of calm, our place of withdrawing from the world for now. Um, and then establishing mindfulness. In, it's in mindfulness in front of us. It's translated, but actually really means mindfulness as primary. That we take this practice as primary over everything else, this practice of being present. Um, ever mindful breathing in, breathing in, what's called breathing in, breathing in and breathing out long, breathing in, breathing out short. Breathing in, breathing out, what's called experiencing, or the actual text means more feeling with the whole body. Feeling with the whole body, and this is breathing in long. This is breathing in long as we feel the breath, we feel the rhythm of the breath. And we can feel that breath, we can track it from the beginning of the breath to the end of the breath, to the change of the breath, feeling within the body. So it's not sort of being out here somewhere and observing and distancing ourselves, but actually being within the body, feeling with the body in a very intimate way. Breathing in short is sometimes when the breath gets very subtle, um, or the attention just rests in a subtle part of the body experience. And remembering that the breath is just not the coarse inhalation and exhalation, that's the exterior of the breath, but the breath energy is actually the subtle vibrate, vibratory element within the body, the movement element. This is all the breath energy. So sensation is also part of breath energy. So we might feel the breath as sensation within the field of the body, and we might, the short breath, we might find our attention just resting 
on that vibratory experience as breath within the body. Maybe at the nostrils, maybe in the heart, maybe somewhere in located within the body experience. So for um, some of you are new to this experience of being on retreat and um, maybe have concerns about how to do this and how to sit. And after this session, 10 o'clock, um, Jaya will stay in the hall for anyone that's new or would like a refresher to go over uh, sitting, postures and basics of how to enter this practice. So, but for now, let's um, find a posture that you feel reasonably comfortable in. So the main principle is just to, possible, just to have that sense of um, you can feel the spine lengthening subtly without you know, putting um, a lot of effort. But just that subtle sense of a lengthening through, through the spine. It's a sort of straightening, lengthening, and then an opening through the front of the body. I always like to begin just by feeling that pressure, um, like the, the strongest sensation that I, that I can find to help ground myself here in this practice. And usually that's the sensation of the buttocks sitting on the ground, on the um, cushion or on your chair. So you can feel that sensation, it sort of helps ground us. And this, this withdrawing attention from the concerns and preoccupations for now, as best we can, by allowing your attention to uh, move more inwardly, you can help facilitate that. You can have the eyes closed or the, the gaze just resting down on the ground in front of you, whatever you feel most comfortable. And first of all, just taking some time to just feel what you're present with in terms of the body and the feeling tones and the experience of what is here for you now. And as you do that, you begin to feel this rhythm of the breathing and you can start to allow your awareness to just follow that rhythm as best you can. You might follow it from the whole pathway of the rhythm of the breath, say from the, this you could call the long breath, from the start of the sensation of the breath at the nostrils as it travels into the body, subtly expanding the lungs and down subtly into the abdomen. You can feel that in-breath, the subtle sort of resonance and energetics of the breath radiating through the body. And then as it turns to the exhalation, tracking that. So that might be 
the way some of you prefer to practice. Or you might just find yourself focusing with the rhythm of the breath in a, in a particular area of the body, most of where the strongest sensation is. And then you just allow yourself to be with that sensation of expansion and contraction. If you feel a particular tightness or um, constriction, you can from time to time take deeper and slower breaths, which also helps you feel the breath in the body. It helps the body also as you take a deeper and slower breath, breathing in and breathing out, can sometimes help the body release unnecessary stress. Maybe on the out-breaths you soften around the face and the shoulders, down through the torso and arms, palms of the hands, down through the pelvic area, buttocks, the legs to the soles of the feet. So on the out-breath you can just soften the body. So knowing the ground will support you. And remembering in this practice we're not trying to control or force anything, but we're being receptive, profoundly receptive to our experience, breath within the body. If you find going into the core of the breath experience a little too intense, for some people that can be the case, then just move more to the outer sphere of the body sensation and just feel the body more at the extremities, arms, the legs. And you can still feel the breath energy there, the movement. So you can explore that, widening the sphere of awareness or 
honing the sphere of awareness to a more um, precise experience within the body of the breath. And as you you, uh, begin uh, the practice, you'll notice maybe places in the body where there's holding, tightness. You can, if you like, just breathe into those places and then the exhalation just soften around that holding, if that's helpful. So sometimes in areas around the shoulders or in the belly, so softening in those areas of the body, face, shoulders, belly. You can take deeper breaths into those areas of the body or any areas where you find there's discomfort holding. Take the breath there and the awareness there, then breathing out, softening, relaxing. And then having done that, just allow the breath to come again to its natural rhythm.
remembering that in the quality of attention and awareness that we're bringing, that there's a lot of, um, or encourage us to have a lot of um, kindness and compassion for our experience for this body, which translates into being uh, gentle, kind, patient, receptive, softening, the volition is trying to get somewhere, just softening out of that, trying to push or control, softening that volition which we use so much into this more receptive mode. So that the directing, the volitional aspect is more in service of the receptive. So it's just subtly used to help steady the attention within your actual experience, the sensation of the breath within the body, the rhythm of the breath.
So, uh, <clears throat> so remembering this um, this line um, from the suttas, from the teachings, guidance that the Buddha gave, which uh, in Pali, Magahatakilesawa, which means um, the path activity in and of itself breaks up that which obstructs. Patu upati dhammatang, the unfolding of the fruit of that path activity arises according to the dharma. This means that that part of ourselves um, that has a lot of agency, that's uh, sort of in control and doing things, um, can help, can support in the way of engaging and applying the path activity, but it's not going to be the actual agency of awakening that is, the, the agency of awakening is the fundamental nature of awareness itself, which is the deep seat of the mind or heart, the jitta. So we allow that to come into play in relationship to our experience through this practice of wise attention. So our job is actually quite small, although the path can seem very big. We you know, don't try and think of it in that way as... The way of awakening can seem very big and overwhelming, but actually our our task is always just this much here and now. That's our task, and that task is to be as present as we can in the way that um, the Buddha is encouraging us through this practice of awareness and mindfulness. And through that, then the the awareness starts to build and begins to uh, suffuse and work within the body, uh, physical, mental, and emotional body for the sake of this healing and opening and awakening. So we have some time if there's any questions. At this time of the day, um, this session the last part of this morning session will be the time when we have opportunity for any questions you'd like to ask about the practice or about how it's going or anything related to the Dharma. Um, you don't have to ask anything, but <laughs> it's uh, just the space for us. Yes, please. Um, I'm really yes. So the question is about the walking, and we haven't really come to the point of um, uh, teaching that, but obviously many of you already have a practice of walking, um, and whether to do the form of the walking, which is traditionally choosing about 20 to 30 paces, and then going backwards and forwards along your path, or whether you know one goes off into the mountains, which uh, many people find very helpful and expensive and healing in and of itself. Um, I haven't had a chance to discuss with my colleagues around um, how to respond to your question. So I think what I'd like to do for now is to teach the, the basic form, and then when I've had a chance to discuss with them, I can address um, your question more, perhaps a bit later today. 
So I will in a minute um, describe the more formal practice of walking for those that are more new to it. And, and, and I suppose the principle that, of what we're working with in retreats, um, both the sitting and the walking and the structures of the schedule and the silence, we're working with limitation, um, putting ourselves within a sort of a, uh, a, a template or a boundaried space for the sake of this interiority. Um, and um, that limitation is, is, um, happens through these forms, these very traditional forms of the sitting, the sort of taking the attention inward, the walking. Um, and there's different forms around the walking, which I'll talk about just now, but basically that is quite a structured, limited process. Um, so that, again, it sort of draws your attention a little bit more inwardly, although obviously because one's walking, the senses are a bit more open, particularly the visual sense. Um, so there's a lot um, of merit in that, in terms of just learning to practice within these forms. They're not ultimate things in and of themselves, because obviously we want to translate the practice into everyday life, which is which you know is more fluid and less to do with imposing a form and more to do with an internal, reflective, wise um, contemplation of our experience. But these forms are useful as trainings. You know, this is really like the, our training ground. And um, as our teacher Ajahn Chah would said, that this training is, uh, although it doesn't seem very much, it's actually like a preparation um, for when very big things hit, that we can respond and be with what life brings us. And so these trainings require some of these sort of limitations and and working with these forms and learning to do that. And of course there is always an edge around that. You know, how much do we do that and it's beneficial and supportive and there will be an edginess and there will be challenge and there will be resistance. And that's all natural and part of the process. And at what point does that actually become detrimental? And it's important maybe to just experience well-being, to stay grounded in well-being, which can happen through taking a walk (laughs) or taking the pressure off so that we can, you know, su- you know, survive the experience. <laughs> we can go through this experience, in t- you know, and we would like people to go through this experience, yes, with some challenge, but also maintaining well-being, so that the form doesn't become some pressure in and of itself, and we just sort of go through that and generate all sorts of complex issues that, happen, that can happen in, in meditation through a, a lack of wisdom in applying the forms. So there is always a balance, and that balance we have to try and find within a retreat where we've got nearly 100 people. Um, we, we would like to have some containment and sort of modelling and support for everyone following the forms, and yet we understand everyone's an individual and needs to find their own balance. You know, so, um, and that's, you know, that's, we, we do give permission for that because we, want, we understand that everyone is individual and everyone has their own edges and we want uh, people to to pace themselves in a way that's meaningful and supportive. Um, yeah. So beyond that, and as I say, I'll talk to to uh, my team, our team here, to 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 answer more specifically. That's more just a general sort of um, response. Yes. Yes. That. That'd be great. Jai will be here after this session in in five minutes or so, and then she can... Please do stay, anyone who would like to um, hear more 
as I said, if you're beginning about posture or just refreshing about um, starting this practice. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's a great question. And, and um, the question is about, of course, there's, um, it's about, you know, leaving the, you know, this viveka, like removing the training of removing attention from the grief, longing, hankering for the world for the sake of establishing attention with the more simple experience, where it's not necessarily simple, but the experience, the more immediate experience of our breath and body. But going in, there is, the world is there, of course, within us. Um, and this interest in how that purification works when we meet the world within us. And of course, in this training of the four foundations, it talks about attention to the internal and to the external. So training's in both, and there's no ultimate real boundary. (laughs) Um, You know, that the internal and the external are completely and utterly, um, ultimately seamless and interrelated. And, um, you know, the world is within us, we are within the world. Um, but however, there is, a, there is a training where we can begin to um, be with that world as we experience it internally and with the flavors, say, of grief that you're mentioning, or maybe there are other flavors for other people. We can still be with that flavor um, while applying this practice. So what I what I suggest uh, as a way of doing that, and it also takes a lot of um, patience as we sort of move into this sphere. Obviously, we're carrying the momentum of what the world is and how it has impacted. Is as that arises, say the quality of grief or longing or whatever it is, is that we can mix the practice of the breath and awareness with that feeling tone, but being very sort of maybe interested how not to embroider more onto that feeling tone, proliferate around it, and then try and work it out cognitively and go into that mode. Um, But to actually just come back directly to the experience as the felt sense within the body. And just, so the breath is within the experience of the world, but you're the primary sort of, in a way, leaning into the primacy of the experience of breath. And so that the, the grief is there, but you're, you're conscious, aware of it, but you're not, you're not adding, you're not either resisting, but you're just sort of breathing with, breathing with. And you can do that with, um, you know, when we talk about the body, we talk about physical body, but there's also the felt sense, emotional body, and the mental bodies. 
So we're working with all those bodies, we're working with the body of all those spheres with more awareness, with that primacy of awareness and breath within the world. And, you know, this helps them both to purify and to um, more expediently, um, whatever gets stuck, to move through our system and be released. It's when we compound what is in the system with our reactivity, with our proliferation of the mind, with our wanting it otherwise, um, with our even wondering why is it like this, that it starts to kind of go in those circles. We start to then circle through the material and it's harder to release it. Um, so it's not about denying that, the material, but about a different relationship to it, maybe based within the awareness and the breath and trusting that. That's when I say trusting the awareness, the path activity to move that stuff through and to release some of the, the grief that's felt in the body. Because the body is after all slower, slower rhythm, so it takes longer to process and we'll feel a lot of what's held in the body as we become more aware. What is held will be felt. So just to be very patient with that. Does that, is that in the ballpark? Okay. Okay, well, um, let's leave it there for now. I think we've got a starting point to begin our work today. Um, A couple of, um, well, one practical announcement um, as you know, um, Spirit Rock has both this retreat centre up here, but it also has a day centre down below the gate. And today there's a particularly large gathering, and probably at least 400 people have come for a silent day. Um, and during the day, their day of practice, they will be breaking into small groups, and one of those groups will be meeting in the dining area between 3 and 4.30 p.m., and we've been asked not to go into the dining area because they'll be using that space for a discussion. So to avoid the dining area between 3 o'clock and 4.30 p.m. today. And you might see some people um, just sort of wandering around a bit from the retreat up into the mountains. They're, they are asked not to come into this space, but some of them will probably walk a bit. So you, you just to be aware that that's happening today. Okay, so just to to also say a little bit about the walking meditation for those that are that are new to it. Um, and as I just said, this is um, similar to the sitting. We take the same principles that we're using in the sitting meditation, but we're just changing the posture. And in the four foundations, um, the postures are the four main postures that we practice with, all postures, all experiences, all movements of the body, functions of the body are practiced with, but in particular four main postures are, are discussed, which is the sitting posture, the standing posture, the laying down posture, and the walking. Uh, so in the walking, um, we, as uh, I mentioned, we, and as many of you know, we find a spot. We have lots of space here, maybe bit, between 20 to 30 paces and we just walk up and down on that uh, track and it's helpful to find a spot maybe that doesn't intersect with someone else there's lots of space and it can be helpful to find a spot that you come back to because as you return to that same path it sort of deepens your um, practice because you your body recognizes that path and it's to do with your practice 
um, the the practice is um, to to um, start with the standing at the beginning of your spot, and again you just sort of like this sense of um, gathering the body um, through the posture, uh, holding posture, and then um, you know, just the the walking. Um, I, I won't be able to walk that far with all this, but you'll get the idea. You know, you just sort of walk walk your path to the end and stop and then turn around and then walking back on your path. So there's different ways of doing this primarily. I did uh, do myself in there, which is a very slow, and some, I'm just mentioning this because some of you might have a preference and you can obviously go to your preference, what works for you. The Burmese style is very, very slow and it's, it's um, really slows down into to being very aware of the movement of the, particularly around the lifting and the placing of the feet as you're walking. And that can be very helpful if you want to, um, I can't do this, I'm just going to sit down. <laughs> if you want Yeah, can you start with Shay? Thank you. <laughs> so I forgot we got a team here. <laughs> so you can see he's, he's really focusing on that lifting and the placing of the feet. And, you know, that's actually a very lovely practice because you can really sort of tune into the sensation of the feet in particular. It's very grounding. You notice that these practices are quite, they're simplifying. You know, we, we kind of go into a lot of complexity a lot of the time, but this is a simplifying, focusing, containing kinds of... And then there's the practice of walking like he's doing now more normally. This is more the Thai style, um, where you just sort of, not too fast, not too slow, but you just walk, you know... And then that's, that's lovely because you just get into a rhythm, the body's just walking up and down, and you allow the body uh, to move up and down on its pathway. And uh, you just sort of are with the breath, with body, and the movement of the body. So you can, you can move the attention around, you know, say staying with the breath, but also you can you could focus more into just the feeling of the body moving and using that as your meditation um, object or place of focus. Mm. You know, and there will be, there will be seeing and hearing and feeling, and, but then there's just this rhythm. So there's a certain containing and, you know, to move into this practice, and there can be some resistance. So we'll be working with that today, the resistance that comes up as we slow down and contain ourselves. Um, if you feel that, just take take some deep breaths and, and help the body move through some of those feelings of resistance and then just returning back um, to the practice. Okay, we can leave it there for now. If you have any more questions about the walking, you can also stay and Jaya can go over that a bit more as well. So for those not staying now um, for more instruction about posture, etc., we have the walking meditation until 
quarter to ten, there'll be a bell just a bit before that, five or ten minutes before, then we come back and we just have a silent sitting until 11.30. Okay. <laughs>